There's something about being new that I really love. While it's terribly scary, it's also, it like feeds my soul of learning. This is Heart of the Story, and I'm needing Kenny Johnstone. I'm a writer and a writing coach who helps women develop and publish their memoirs and essays. But most importantly, I'm a human who's always trying to figure out what my soul is saying. Each week, I'll share stories and tips of healing, hope, and following my heart so that you'll feel inspired to follow yours. Hi, friends. I have some big news to share with you today. We have moved and I want to fill you in on all of the details. So consider this episode like a fireside chat among friends (laughs) where I will share our latest adventures with you. A quick recap for anyone who's new to the community. Welcome. Basically, like so many people, the pandemic and some other personal things put a lot of life choices into perspective. And my family and I decided that we didn't want to wait until retirement to do a lot of the things that were on our bucket list. And so we have made a lot of big changes in our lives over the past couple of years. We sold our home in Illinois last summer and went on the road for three months in our camper and explored the U.S. and got to meet up with friends and family that we hadn't seen. And along the way, we were also just sort of considering where we might want to live during school years. My son is nine, and so we have been wanting to avoid winters and see what it might be like to live in a warmer locale. We've been considering some different possibilities, and this past year has been sort of a pause and reflect and think about the possibilities of where we could try out school year in a warmer location than Illinois and see how we would do. Winters are really, really hard for me. The gray and the gloom get to me very, very much. And I wanted to see if it would make a difference mentally, emotionally to spend time in a warmer, sunnier location and avoid some of those winter blues. My family was ready for this adventure And so over the past year, we have been scoping out some different warm locations, and we happened to visit the 30A area of Florida, of Northwest Florida. So it is between Panama City and Destin. Unlike those two places, it's not high-risey, it's not really city-ish. This span of 30A, which is the road that runs parallel to the ocean, has a bunch of beachside communities, one after the other, and they're all connected by this long bike trail that follows the entire road. I think it's something like 17 miles, almost 20 miles long. And it goes from beach town to beach town to beach town. A friend just happened to mention it last fall. We booked a little road trip there for Christmas. 
Loved it. Came back again for spring break. Loved it. Came back again. We decided we would try it out. And so uh, a few months ago, we found a long-term rental for seven months, a furnished rental home that was very near the beach. And we decided to sign the lease and put our stuff in pod storage and come down to Florida with just our cars and a little tiny trailer pulling bare necessities and try out the school year here and see how it went. So here we are. We are in this northwest section of Florida. It gets that super clear, beautiful water that has that kind of emerald shimmer to it. The sand is that white, powdery, squeaky sand, and it's really, really breathtaking. And so we arrived here July 31st, just a few weeks ago. After a 17-hour trip, we split it up over two days. And we pulled into the rental, which we had seen via FaceTime with our realtor friend who lives down here. And she had videoed the whole neighborhood for us and FaceTimed the property. And we had talked at length with the landlord. We were very familiar with the area because we had already been there a couple times. So there were no surprises in terms of the neighborhood. We arrived at the house that Sunday. Sunday night and we're pleasantly surprised by just how close it is to the beach. <laughs> so here were my expectations leading up to this whole adventure. One was just that it's an experiment. We have no idea how it's going to go and we're all kind of on that same wavelength, my husband, son, and I, that we know we have signed a lease for seven months. We know that, you know, we were enrolling our son in school and we were going to see how it would be with the warm weather and hopefully get a lot of good beach time. That was the goal. And of course, you know, working and living life along the way. But everything else was just, okay, we'll see what happens and we'll see how this all plays out. I was nervous, for sure, as we were approaching, and I didn't know what to expect about anything. I have never lived in the southern states. I'm from Illinois. My husband's from Massachusetts. We have never lived in this area, and so, you know, we were prepared that it might be real humid and real hot. <laughs> Since we were arriving in August, the hottest month of the year, and Luckily, because it's so close to the ocean, when we arrived, it's been in like the mid 80s, so not scorching hot. It is certainly humid. We sweat profusely, but we've actually acclimated over the past few weeks. <laughs> but when we arrived, it was a beautiful, sunny Sunday afternoon. And our little beach cottage house is great. It has just enough space for us. I have an office slash guest bedroom where I can 
can actually close the door, unlike in our camper days where I was working from the Airstream and there were no doors to close. And it has a little backyard, these beautiful live oak trees and palms and lots of geckos and tree frogs. It's a totally different climate than Jamie and I are used to. And so that was the first impression of like, oh, it's really lush right now because it's rainy season. So everything's really green and the little neighborhood we're in has lots of trees and pines and palms and live oaks. So it was so funny just getting used to, oh, there are tons of geckos and there are tons of tree frogs and the plants are different than we're used to. And the houses have outdoor showers here because you rinse your feet off after you come home from the beach. And the other thing that you see really quickly as you approach is that everybody is living beach life. Everybody is riding their bikes. Everybody is walking to the beach with beach chairs on their backs. Like it is a very outdoor nature centered lifestyle, which is one of the major, major draws that drew us here was to be outside much more and not just half of the year, but all the time. So everybody's always headed to the beach. And so that's what we did. We parked our car and we got out, saw the house real quick, and then walked the little over a block to the beach. And then we walked out onto the platform, got a view of that beautiful water and the sunset. And we all went, <sighs> Gio immediately ran down to the water and it was like a breath of fresh air and this big sigh because the last few months as we have been planning this, we just didn't know what to expect. It's really, really scary to uproot from everything you know is familiar and go to a completely new state where you don't know anyone really and a new climate and a new culture, new schools, new everything. And I think we were all pretty anxious, not knowing how it was going to go. And so when we saw that water and saw the sunset, it was like, this is why this is one of the major reasons why we're here to see what the sun and the salt water and the sand can do for our souls. And so right then and there, I made a promise to myself that no matter what, I would get to that beach at least once a day, every day, to at least catch a glimpse of it, step on the sand, look at that water. If we have the, the great joy and luck of being this close to it right now, and we don't know if, you know, what the future holds, if we'll ever be this close to ocean ever again, right? If we'll ever live this near to the beach, I was going to take advantage of it. And so that's what I've been doing every single day without fail is that I see that ocean in the morning and I see it at sunset once or twice the thunderstorms have prevented it, but otherwise I get my water fill and it is very soothing to the soul. 
So since we've been here, we've sort of developed our, our little routine. So our sons start at school really early, August 10th, my goodness. And they start at 7.30 in the morning, <laughs> which again, we're not used to in the Midwest. And I find that we keep on comparing everything to the Midwest. We keep on comparing everything to what we've known for the last eight years of living just outside of Chicago, which is like, oh, typically there the school year begins August 17th or 18th. Typically there school starts at around 8.30. And we're trying to release that sort of comparison all the time, like comparing everything, but it's so ingrained. And Shauna Nequist, the author, has really good advice. I was listening to her audiobook, I guess I haven't learned that yet, on the drive down to Florida. And her family relocated from the suburbs of Illinois to Manhattan a few years ago. And she and her husband and two sons had a lot of transitions. And so she taped this statement, I guess I haven't learned that yet, to their wall to remind them that just because they were new didn't mean they were dumb or that they would never get it or would never fall into a rhythm. And they started reminding each other of like, oh, okay, everything's different here. And what's the New York way? She and her family would say, what's the New York way? And so that's what I'm trying to adapt to here. It's like, okay, rather than everything in comparison to what it's like in the Midwest, well, what's the beach way? <laughs> How do they do it here? And are there ways that we can adapt? So typically, we all get up early and I head down to the beach for a little jog or a walk or I do some yoga. And then Jamie usually takes Gio to school after we all get to hang out together for a little bit. And then we go about our days of work. And since we're remote and Jamie's doing private chef stuff around here, we're just kind of working from the house, um, but going out and about and doing different things. And Jamie's trying to make contacts here of people who need chef services and the property management companies, letting their vacationers know that he can cook for them and deliver meals and stuff. And he's already gotten some leads, which is great. And then I'm doing my work remotely via Zoom, but also planning a retreat over here for November. And so we're doing our thing during the day. And then usually I take a little break. Oh, but this is the nice thing. Before we get into our work, after Jamie has dropped off Gio, Jamie and I sit on the porch and we have breakfast together. This was a huge goal of ours. Years ago, when we were both working full-time jobs at offices where we had to be in early each day and leave late each day, and we were burnt out, and we were ships passing in the night, and we were distanced from each other, we knew that that was not sustainable. And so when the pandemic hit, and for the first time, we could actually have coffee and breakfast together at the same table, we made that sort of a goal of can we do this as often as possible where we connect in the morning before the whole day plays out and we don't see each other. 
So that's what we do. The house has a covered porch and we sit at this little yellow table and we look out at the geckos and the the live oaks and and we look up and down the block and we have our breakfast, our eggs, and we have our drinks. And we then, you know, we sit and talk and then we can go about our day. And sometimes we sit together for half an hour. Sometimes it's a lot longer depending on the work schedule that day. And it seems like not a huge thing, but it's a really huge thing, especially when we compare it to the burnout days of us juggling multiple jobs and geo at daycare and just like how hard it is to sustain that lifestyle without it really affecting your marriage and your family. So that's huge for us. And so after we get some work done, usually I take like a little stretch break and I might walk down the block or again, head to just catch a glimpse of the water, have some sun on my shoulders before heading back to do more work. And then we go and we pick up Geo from school. And we have found that we as a family are just really putting ourselves out there. So one of the things my mom said to me lately really stuck with me. I was talking to her about the fact that in Chicago with the pandemic, some of my friendships didn't survive the pandemic. And it's not that we're at odds or there's any tension or beef. It's just that if we didn't keep up with the connection for those two years, it just kind of fizzled. And that did happen with a couple of my friendships. And it was really, really sad. It's just like, okay, if you don't get enough FaceTime, which, you know, it wasn't safe to have FaceTime, meaning real in-person FaceTime for a while. And then if you don't do FaceTime virtually, it's just not going to survive. So I was talking to my mom and she said, you know, or I said to her, You know, it's sad of like not getting the invitations from those friends anymore to go out and do things. And she said, yeah, that's true. But also you have to think when's the last time you sent out an invitation? And I was like, fair point, fair point. I'm used to being more of the, okay, I'll I'll wait for that email and then I'll join everybody for dinner and go with the flow. And I'm sometimes with friendships, I'm less of the organizer. And so since being here, I have made it my absolute goal to put myself out there constantly, despite the fact that I am mostly an introvert. I love social interaction, but I have a little bit of a shy side. I have a thing where I can be social for up to a period of time, and then my brain like literally needs a, a break. I need some quiet time. So I've been doing it. And the first day of school, after drop-off, there was a parent social gathering to meet other people. And Jamie and I went to it. And it was brave on his part, too, because he had a feeling it was mostly going to be mom's. But he came. And wouldn't you know, we met five other families who are new to the area. And many of them brought their husbands to the gathering. And so we hit it off right away. And then I took the scary step and I asked for their phone numbers. And then I did the next scary thing. And I said, hey, want to meet up at this restaurant on Friday night? It has a little beach play area. The kids can play. The adults can talk. What do you think? 
all of the families came. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) This is shocking. Like, I don't know what it is, but in the past to, you know, try to organize for six total families to get together on a Friday night, it was just like, it wasn't, it didn't happen. Everybody was busy. And maybe it's because we're all new here and we don't yet have a bunch of established friendships and everybody was free and available, but we all met up and we stayed for hours and we had a great time. And so I continued to put myself out there. I signed up to join a paddleboarding group. I signed up to join a professional women's network group. We met up on Tuesday and the women were amazing. There were like 33 women there. And I just find myself really trying to be brave and put myself out there. And the same goes for Gio. I have watched him again and again walk into a brand new situation, new school or new after school activity, new teachers, new peers, and just walk right up to the teacher, walk right up to another classmate, introduce himself, start talking. Do you want to play? Do you want to play tag? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? He's met friends down the block and they've been playing a bunch. And I have had a secret shame and guilt in my heart that because we as a family have kind of become these accidental nomads, that I'm afraid deep down, if I'm being honest, that I'm screwing my son up. I'm really afraid deep down that I'm messing up my son. And it's like this guilt of if you're a good parent, you provide absolute stability at all times to your kid which means staying in the same house in the same neighborhood for all of eternity. (laughs) And I have to get over that false belief. First of all, because I moved when I was 13, which are like a freshman in high school, you know, like, oh my goodness, that didn't crush me. I met a ton of new different people from areas I never would have met. I have a good friend, Kelly, whose dad was in the military. And so they moved a bunch. And she is one of the warmest, most welcoming people ever. And it's not that I want to keep uprooting our son, but I do think that the last couple years of adventure have not totally messed him up in the way that I'm terrified it has. In fact, I see that he has really expanded to put himself out there to introduce himself to other people and be really, really open to new cultures, new experiences, new groups of people, new everything. And that is being proven again and again here. And so... We're busy trying to make friends. That is our goal, trying to form some community. That's what we've been spending our time, our non-working hours here doing, is trying to meet up with other people. And we also have been trying to create some intentional rituals that are particular to this area. Again, it's like, I don't know if we'll ever be this close to the ocean again. So after school, sometimes Geo has like an activity to do after school. Sometimes he doesn't. So after homework and dinner, then we try to catch the sunset. 
So at around 7 o'clock, we leave the house, we walk over to the beach. Gio brings a net because um, right around sunset is when the little ghost crabs come out and he catches them, looks at them, and then puts them back in the sand. And and so we go and we walk and we catch the sunset. And of course, you know, phones are away and it's just like us and nature and sun and water and just relishing in the magnificent beauty of that, of letting that heal our souls. And the other beautiful thing about this area is that they have coastal dune lakes. There are these lakes that they have little inlets that feed into and out of the ocean, and then it combines with fresh water and It's really beautiful and it's surrounded by pines and there are a few of them here and they're great for paddle boarding. And so there's one spot in particular at Grayton Beach that's really beautiful. It has like this huge shallow kind of tide pool, I guess. I don't even know what you would call it, but that's where all the kids can play without worrying about like huge waves and things like that. And you can paddle out of there and it's stunning. It is truly, truly stunning. And we're just trying to fill ourselves up on as much water activities as possible. (laughs) Swimming and bobbing in the waves and playing games on the beach and walking and looking at the, the crabs and all the creatures and the fish and the minnows and the different kinds of birds and the different kinds of plants and trees. There are a lot of preserves over here. So getting a feel of those. Also getting accustomed to like the weather patterns. So it's rainy time here, which means that even though the weather app shows rain every day, essentially what that means is that every afternoon you'll have a shower and it'll pass. (laughs) So you get all the sun you can while possible. And then the afternoon, the rainstorms come and you kind of hunker down for a little bit. And then dinner time, it's usually clear and you catch the sunset. And so it's crazy humid, of course. And Jamie laughed so hard when we arrived, he started sweating profusely. And he was like, well, I guess nobody has to worry about uh, retaining water weight here. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you sweat more than you ever thought possible. <laughs> um, but already our bodies have adjusted. And, and so we were getting used to this sort of natural weather rhythm. And then in September and October, it'll be less and less of the showers. And then you get used to kind of the tourist rhythm of, okay, it was really busy with tourists when we got here. And then since school has begun for most of the country, much less in terms of tourism. So the beaches are really, really open and it's mostly just locals now. But that's the the rhythm you kind of get used to. And you find out the local insider scoop. Like, where do the locals get their fresh fish? Oh, Goat Feathers Market. Okay, where do the locals go to eat to avoid huge groups of tourists and tourist prices? Because they definitely rack up the prices for for tourists and so where do the locals go where you know on and on it goes so we're just learning everything we're like sponges just soaking everything in and it kind of reminds me of when I moved 
to like the heart of the city when I was in graduate school. I had grown up as a city girl, but I moved to Lincoln Park in Chicago during grad school. And it was like, okay, what L line goes to this place and that place? Oh, the red line goes here. Okay, the blue line goes there. Which bus do I take? Okay, what are the favorite spots around here? What's the best jogging path? What, And on and on. There's something about being new that I really love. While it's terribly scary, it's also, it like feeds my soul of learning. I just love learning and exploring and getting to know how other people do things. And so, of course, there are a million things that have pros and cons, right? So (laughs) no one place is perfect anywhere, right? No one place is perfect. So in the Midwest, you may have to worry about winters and sometimes tornadoes and so on and so forth, right? While here, of course, hurricanes, and though in the particular area that we're in, they don't get as many, it's still something that it's like, okay, (laughs) as a newbie here, it's like, I'm looking at the weather app every single day and just probably being overkill, but like, all right, what storms are we expecting, etc. until things start to die down within the next couple months. And so it's like, all right, you have to deal with that. There are certain politics that I don't agree with. Like the garbage trucks around here don't pick up recycling. So we have to, we just found a recycling center to drop off all of our stuff at. And so there are things everywhere that we're going to go, hmm, well, I don't love that. You know, I, I like how I used to have things better. But again, this is all a learning experience. So... That is how it has been. And of course, there's the the emotional stuff. The biggest hardship is being away from my mom and sister who still live in Illinois. That is the hurt in my heart. And the major thing that has been helpful is that I knew that we at least had to give this a shot. I knew that I would never know If being in a warm climate and sunny climate during the winters helps my mental health, I wouldn't know unless we tried. And luckily, my mom and sister both understand that. And they have said to me the same thing. You have to give it a shot. Our goodbye was really, really hard and really, really emotional. But that's the thing that I kind of keep on repeating as a mantra right now, which is I have to give this a fair shot. And with everything, Jamie and Gio and I have been saying it about everything. We have to give it time and we have to give it a try. Like Gio tried gymnastics, like a boys gym, tumbling, trampoline, bar, rings, all this stuff. He tried that kind of class and he was like, "Eh." he was like, I liked some of it, but not all of it. And we're like, okay, just at least give it another try. One one or two more, you know, tryout sessions and see. Okay, if you don't like that there are thunderstorms in the afternoons. Okay, we'll just wait till September, October, and there's much less rain. Give it some time. If you're not quite sure how you feel about something, give it a little bit of time. Try it. You at least have to try and see. So with everything, new school, new people, new area, new 
every single thing, what we are saying to ourselves is let's give it a little bit of time and let's give it a try and let's see what happens. So friends, that's the update. As I said, I have been planning a retreat here for November, and I think by the time you listen to this, I'll have some details on my website, nadinekennyjohnstone.com forward slash retreats. You'll be able to see the wonderful details of our five-day women's retreat in an oceanside beach house with a pool (laughs) and it's called the clarity retreat and it's all about clarifying what you want what you don't what you need what you want etc and doing a bunch of journaling yoga nidra some beach sidewalks really soothing for the soul to get some life clarity and just about every room has a waterfront view i mean it's really incredible so you can check that out if you want to see a little bit more of where is it that we are (laughs) in florida and what are the beauties of this part of florida and be with other women and experience the healing soul nourishing aspects of saltwater sand and sunsets it'll be really really awesome i'll fill you in on how it goes i'm gonna keep on filling you in as the months pass and our adventures continue you'll get more of these life updates so you can see how it's been going for all of us In the meantime, if you know of someone who is new to an area going through a transition, you think they can relate to this podcast episode, share it with them. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, send it to a friend, whatever you need. I'm at Nadine Kenny Johnstone on Instagram. Thank you, Michelle Rado, my incredible producer, for always making this podcast wonderful. And remember, everyone, every heart has a story and every story has a heart. See you next week.